Welcome to A Brief History of Cinema. This is the podcast where we watch movies from the fifth edition of 1001 Movies to See Before You Die and talk about them. This week, we're going to talk about the 1995 movie, Cyclo. I'm Alistair Rathbone. And I'm Eric Marcinkowski. All right, Eric. Um... So what the fuck did we watch this week? Uh, we watched a Vietnamese-French uh, collaboration, a movie called uh, Zyklo, or Cyclo in English. It is a movie about some things that happen in Hanoi. No, Ho Chi Minh City. You're Ho Chi right. Minh City. Uh, in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam in the 90s, the main character... Or one of a couple main characters. There's unfortunately no names in this movie. There is a young boy, a young man, who rides a bicycle taxi. And he gets involved in a criminal organization. I'll go into that in a bit. Uh, it also is about his older sister, who gets into prostitution with one of the crossover members. Like, there's one gang member who kind of is involved in both of their stories. So at the beginning of the movie, we are following this bicycle taxi cab driver, and he is very poor. Uh, there's a lot of shots of poverty in this uh, in this city. His cab is stolen from him mm-hmm. by a rival gang. Yeah. They say, stay off our turf. Yeah, they, they give beat him, him one up. warning, and then they beat him up, and then they steal it. They steal that, his cab. Like, that part of the sure. story, I'm, I'm on board. I got that. Yeah. And then he has to pay off the debt of losing Yeah, so the, in my translation, he goes back to... There's a there's a woman who, I guess, is kind of like the... Boss lady. The, the that boss was the lady. translation that was given her. Boss exactly. Lady. She's just the boss lady. I guess she runs the... She rents him for 5,000 dong a day, the taxi cab, and he gets to keep whatever he makes on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's stolen from her, so he has to go to her and beg her, can I have another cab, or or I'll pay you back in some way. She says, okay, and kind of shuffles him over into the crime kind of thing. Like, She's like, go with these guys. Go with these guys. And they stick him in an apartment and say, don't leave except eat, because when they need him to do a job, they'll get him to do a job. I think there's a job where he, uh, he throws like oil on some rice, for some reason, they yeah, they mess up that. the food supply. That that I got what they yeah. were doing at first. Cause it's it's all gonna go bad when you get it all wet. It's all gonna what well, happens I, when I you think get... it's also dirt. It's filthy water. They're yeah, that too. like yeah. All, like an open sewer is what they're throwing on the rice. And then they are getting him to maybe kill someone or be involved in a killing. Later, he burns that rice storage place to the ground or someplace to the ground. He commits arson. Does he? Yeah, he buys the Molotov, the gas from the oh. kid. Oh yes, I think actually that's the rival gang who took his. His bike. Oh, that's the rival gang. I think that might be what it is. I thought that was him because didn't didn't he, he then later? No, get no, it's him with getting currency. back on the oh. rival gang. Right? Oh, the so place he, tor- he, burned he down. torches their he torches their shop or their like because oh, okay. they have motorcycle bikes. So he torches their their I guess their little uh, repair shop and that's kind of his storyline. And then he kind of becomes despondent. They say, "Here's a gun. Here's two pills. Don't take them both at the same time. If we need you to kill someone, you, they show him how to use the gun like bang bang. Always two to the head. Don't take." both these pills they're to calm you down uh, no but if you they're take to it, jack you up well but they're like so your nerves don't so your nerves they're, don't they're weird they're weird Vietnamese street drugs is what they are yes and they say don't take both at the same time or you're going to go nuts yeah he gets despondent and drunk and shoots himself and then is eventually forgiven by the boss lady after her son dies Okay, so that was the boss lady who forgave Yeah, that was the okay. boss lady who shows up, and, like, because she was, like, he was probably going to die because he, like, mm-hmm. fucked up. So, at the end, she forgives him just after her son has died. Uh, her son was mentally challenged. He liked to paint. He, he like he, like, went... 
Yeah, she called like referred to him as a, her fish boy. Fish boy. And he paints himself in yellow paint, and then she happens upon the bicycle taxi cab driver covered in paint, and I guess there's some reminds him of him, and that's the end of that storyline. Yeah. At the same time, this is interwoven with the his old the the taxi pedal cart driver's taxi man. We're gonna call him taxi man. Taxi okay. man's older sister. Mm-hmm. She is involved with one of the gang members. The, who is the poet the pimp. The poet. The poet yeah. pimp. So there's Taxi Man, Poet Pimp, Older Sister. Boss Lady. And Boss Lady. And Poet Pimp is one of the ones keeping it's an eye on Taxi Man. one of the gang members with Taxi Man. Yeah. At the same time, and I think separately, I don't know that Older Sister and Taxi Man ever know that they're in each other's employ of the Poet Pimp. The Poet Pimp befriends Older Sister and convinces her to start being a prostitute in getting some money. And he's despondent and he's sad for many reasons. Uh, and I think he actually loves her, but because of way, or his feelings for her... Because the, the way the thing's set up, he's getting her to be a prostitute just because he has to. Yeah, he's grooming her is what he's doing. He's not actually trying to court her. He's grooming her for prostitution. Yeah, that is for sure happening. I, I also think that he does like her. Yeah, no, that's evident when he kills the John who raped her. Yes, that's the third person who we see her interact with. So in, over the course of the movie, we get to see her interactions with her clients, and they are strange, to say the least. Yeah, because she's sort of, I, I don't want to say given the softball, but like, okay, oh yeah, because her first client is the guy who just wants to watch her pee. Yes, and then that was other... an uncomfortable scene. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, and then the second one is the guy who cuts stockings off of her, like she puts on stockings, and then he cuts them off, and then he paints her toes, and then she stands in like a bucket of dough and like kneads the dough with her feet. The interesting thing is a lot of the scenes in this movie are filmed with like a very kind of warm, dewy, sunlight Mm. kind of like soft, glowy kind of vibe. That scene was actually pretty calming. Like, there's a lot of uh, focus on the, they're in a nice building, the birds are chirping outside, the the kind of the loveliness of the serene setting while this weird stuff is going on, which was an interesting choice. This movie is full of jarring cuts. There's, like, that scene where he's painting her toes and she's stepping on bread. And, like, hard cut to pigs being slaughtered in a slaughterhouse. And I was just... Ugh. Yeah, no, Ugh. it did that a lot uh, in the film, a lot of those hard cuts. To... Yeah, I mean, I understand, and I like it, but at the same time, it's uncomfortable to experience. And then her third John is uh, encountered, I guess, in the countryside somewhere. At a there's, fancy resort, a fancy nightclub. Resort. There's a nightclub, Creep by Nine Inch Nails. Radiohead. Eh, whatever. Same thing. Very different, but well, okay. Whatever. Creep by Radiohead is playing while she's like kind of like dancing there, and the John takes. We we don't. This is a scene we don't see, but the John I guess rapes her. Oh, she's a virgin, and yeah. he didn't know. Also, um, roughed her up. There was handcuffs involved. She had some cuts on her wrists from the handcuffs she was wearing. Poet pimp. Poet then pimp. kills the John uh, and stuffs the money in his mouth. And then what's the end of and then her wrapped, plot line? Her plot line just sort of, that's that's sort of the end of it there until we get to the last scene of the movie. And then as I understood it... Uh, oh yeah, sorry. No, ra- there is a bit more to her. Okay. So so she... Okay, so, so after this has happened, Poet Pimp kills that third John who raped her. It's a long scene. They're on a rooftop and he's like stabs him like five or six times. It's about three minute three minute scene. I think it's all one shot. As he's like kind of like stabbing him, and the guy's like trying to get away, and then he stabs him again. And poet Pimp becomes very depressed, and he burns his apartment down with himself inside of it. Older sister is returning from the market with some food to the apartment that I guess she shares with him. Uh, she finds it burnt to the ground. She recovers a photograph of her own. There's a festival where you burn incense, I guess, as a release of. 
I think it's New Year. It's supposed to be like the New Year's festival. Okay, so at that, she gets some things stolen from her, and then she kind of is redeemed a little bit at the end by a poor family who is, like, they don't know her. She's just sitting kind of penniless on the side of, uh, like, a river. Okay. And they say, go invite that woman over uh, to have lunch with us, or have, have eat with us. So they do. And at the end of the movie, the two plot lines kind of come back together, where Taxi Man and his grandfather, younger sister, and older sister all kind of are riding around on his cart, and things continue mm-hmm. i don't th- this movie doesn't really have a happy ending just kind no. of like the promise that things will continue yeah it was it's an interesting movie i didn't understand much of it until i started looking into it afterwards like a lot of watching it was just like okay just sort of going with the plot and i i did tend to confuse the older sister's plot line with the one until you mentioned that it was the older sister i hadn't quite clued in that that was taxi man's older sister yes and two i kind of confused the older sister with boss lady from time to time okay yeah well there's no names yeah so because there's no names it's it's a little hard to keep track in the beginning i'm gonna watch this movie again for sure because one of the things i like about it is it looks great um, it does. It's it's very it like it feels almost like a Hollywood level of film quality. Just the way it's filmed, the coloring, the lighting. We'll get into that a bit more later. But it looks great. I want to watch it again. It's going to make a lot more sense the second time. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to like kind of pay a bit more attention to the goings on. But those are kind of the plot lines of the movie. They kind of start with the two characters, Taxi Man and older sister, and they kind of go their separate ways until the end. It kind of comes back together. I I enjoyed it overall. I think a second go on this one is. I think be. I think a second go is warranted on this one. Yeah, I would need to rewatch it to really take it all in of what exactly happened. But I do agree with you that it's a very good-looking film. It was yeah. very well shot. Uh, that warm glow, sort of like visually representing what I can only assume is the constant humidity in Vietnam. Well, I think there's also some scenes where it's kind of like innocence. I think yeah, because I think because color with the way a... okay. So do you do you think that Taxi Man lives or is he dead? Because I would like to make the argument that he again. I would need a second watching to confirm this, or people can just comment on the episode and tell me how wrong I am. We go from sort of seeing the shot, one of the last shots of Taxi Man when he's on the floor of his apartment, covered still, in blue paint, covered in blue paint, and he's also been shot himself twice. And it goes from there from showing us the poverty of Ho Chi Minh City to, like, the richness of Ho Chi Minh City. Some of the new developments. Yeah, the new developments, because there is sort of a thing where he mentions where he applies to the government for extra aid, for, like, welfare. So just sort of that. There's some interesting symbolism where I was reading certain things into it, but I do read that, it like, it, we go from the poverty to that, and then it shows Taxi Man and his family all, all together again, riding down the little rickshaw off into the streets. I interpreted that as just being a little bit too nice of putting a bow on it. I, I, I don't know why it just seemed to me like that I really think he's dead and then that's just more of supposed to be like a, a glimpse of him in paradise or something, right? I think, Or, or maybe could, I'm reading too much into it. I think you could make a case that he, at the end of the movie, has died because there's a couple dream type sequences through the middle of the movie where I think that could play into the ending as being kind of a dream. If there had been no dream sequences in this movie, if everything had presented been presented as fully on the nose and realistic and actually happening, I don't think it would have made sense. But I think you could make a case for it. I didn't think that. I thought he actually survived. I mean, he, he kind of shoots himself in like this, just the side a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's not... But he also fell asleep in blue paint and he's probably like toxic uh, yeah like 
there's a lot of parts of this film where you, you need to take it with a grain of salt as to like what is real and what is fantasy. Oh no, okay. I think I think I may have felt a lot like you did when you were watching If. Oh, okay. And I just have this serious disconnect of, like, what is going on. And my interpretations of things become really different. I want to use this as a nice little segue into the colors. Yeah, that's... So there's a significant part about, like, Taxi Man covers himself in blue paint when he's high as a fucking kite at the New Year's celebration. And earlier in the scene, Fishboy covers himself in yellow paint, but then later Fishboy dies and in a car wreck, and he's covered in blood. And my translation, Boss Lady, Fishboy's mum, said, red is not our family's color. And I took that to just sort of because she's sort of this capitalist entrepreneur in communist Vietnam like red being the color of communism okay so that's what I interpret that as meaning okay but again a lot of the film I don't understand so I may be grossly misinterpreting that moment, certain things that moment I just kind of read as she is in denial that her son has died and he's covered in blood and she thinks it's pain she's always fond over him and uh, been very protective of him and I think when that happens to him she kind of loses it for a few minutes mm. That's kind of how I read that, uh, as just disassociating. Did you have that line, though, of red is not our family's color? Yes, I did have that line. That's that's what I interpret that line partially as meaning as well, because she's not really a communist. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Well, this movie is kind of all about capitalism. They they trade in U.S. dollars. Well, Uh, only certain things are traded in U.S. dollars. Prostitution is traded in U.S. dollars. Rewards, big rewards, are given in U.S. dollars. Yes, there's we see we do see like United States currency, like ten dollar bills, twenty dollar bills. We also see local currency. I think the dong. The, there's thousands of those are being traded around for the for the taxi cab. Basic and supplies and stuff. Yeah, I think eco- economics is kind of a motif in this movie. Yeah, because economics there, there has to be that that like nothing. In, I I know very much so. Especially we'll, we'll come to, back to it when we talk about uh, the use of the Radiohead song "Creep" because of how deliberate a choice that was. So nothing nothing in here is random. The directors made very clear choices as to what they were going to show here. So I do think it is important that they that it was deliberate that they went and he talked to that party official about trying to get that aid for lower income families but yet you still see the giant wealth disparity in what is on paper supposed to be an egalitarian communist society but there's still this huge poverty gap between taxi man and then the upper classes this is a story about people in poverty much as Los Olvidados was a story about people in poverty and also like money is treated like a commodity in this movie Mm -hmm. there's several shots where people have like just a little fold of like maybe 10 bills or so just kind of folded over in a neat little package and they'll like leave that on a table uh, that happens a lot there's a part where someone has a bundle like a large huge sheaf maybe five or six decks of cards thick of cash that is wrapped up in newspaper like a, almost like a piece of fish and, and and given to taxi man it is treated very much like a commodity by all the characters you know they're not always counting it out like oh I have exactly $500 no it's like mm-hmm. here's a bunch of cash almost like having water or air or those kinds of things. Now, I know the paint kind of feeds into, I think, color but, is like a yeah, big col- thing. Yeah, color does have some symbol in, in Buddhist countries, so we'll move on from that, because the red... I wanted to talk about the red being the, the color of communism, and I thought that that was interesting. But also, the fact that Taxi Man and Fishboy both color themselves certain colors is very important from some research that I did. So, the first person to paint themselves is Fishboy, and he gets into some paint that he's not supposed to, and he covers himself, covers himself uh, in it, and it's yellow. Now, yellow is very, very symbolic in Buddhism, because it's linked to saffron and the robe. Like, saf- a lot of Buddhist monks wear saffron yellow robes, and this was previously before Buddhism, this was the color worn by 
by convicts, and it was specifically chosen uh, as a symbol of humility and separation from materialist society, and signifies reunification, desirelessness, and humility. Yellow is the color of the earth, and thus a symbol of rootedness and the equanimity of the earth. Because Fishboy is developmentally challenged in what you can only assume is just fallout from the just dick ton of chemical weapons dumped on Vietnam by the United States, and that he is a very humble character. He, he, he just likes to walk, cover himself in paint. Feels real nice. He likes watching fireworks. Likes, yeah, he's very simple. Doesn't really have much in the way of desire. Probably innocent also. Yes, like very a much. of innocence. Very much the only truly innocent character. Taxi Man, I believe, starts as, out as innocent and very sure. much the hardworking sent, but later, sure. yeah, later is not. But, but Fishboy is always the uh, a symbol of innocence in the film that we, we use as a frame of reference of, of what is good. Now, Blue is important because this may put to bed, as I was reading this, this kind of puts to bed my theory that I talked about earlier that Taxi Man is dead. Okay. Because blue has a lot of meanings within it, but this was more of a lighter shade of blue that he was using, closer to a turquoise. Blue in Buddhism is believed to absorb sin. Okay. So sort of important that he paints himself and then shoots himself because that would have been the sin of it's absorbing the sin of murder. Okay. Well, because at that point he is he is uh, Taxi Man himself is depressed uh, at the things he's had to do mm-hmm. and probably the situation that he has gotten himself into. So that's why he's drinking. He takes these drugs and he's just kind of like stammering around his apartment and he happens upon the blue paint and kind of yeah dumps. It and all also over like it, it's supposed to blue blue itself is also supposed to represent like a, a light blue like that should represent safety. If you wear had a light blue turquoise stone you wore it on a ring, it'll help. It, it's like a St. Christopher medal or something like that. Safety and travel and stuff like that. So maybe it's safety and his journey into the next stage of his life out of a life of crime. Well, the last time we see him, he is driving around on his cart uh, and he's wearing white. Uh, several characters wear white through this movie. I don't know if uh, there's probably some symbolism attached to that that I'm not catching. I mean, white in many movies is a symbol of you know innocence and, and yeah. or the afterlife and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's very open-ended and it's... Um, an interesting story. I have a hard time criticizing this story. I don't understand many elements of the story, but I can't criticize it because I don't understand it. I'm going to say this much, that it's a very important film. Uh, when I was reading the little blurb in the book, uh, they make great point of n- noting that this is a sort of about... Uh, Cyclo is the first piece of cinema to come out of Vietnam post the war that is one Vietnamese made that like made a big splash but also this isn't a movie about the war it's not about the Vietnam okay. war it's just about the life of Vietnamese it's about people being Vietnamese okay but obviously like the war is still like there's a, at the club uh, the, the the resort yeah. that uh, they go to at one point the, uh one of the decorations is an old fighter jet yeah. they're hauling an old US helicopter through the streets at one point in time or even even the selection and, and of also like creep. Like, like this movie is a Vietnamese movie. It's entirely in Vietnamese, but they use American money at points in the movie. And there's like this movie was made in '95, so Creep would have been very recent. Yeah, it would have been a hit there. So this would have been the use of that. I I think is very interesting and deliberate because one poet pimp is being kind of creepy by doing this. Yeah, it's a very fair. creepy scene. And he feels really bad. Like, it's a sorrowful scene. Uh, and it's a sorrowful, sorrowful song. And, like, he feels bad. But also, like, he hands her off to what is arguably a bigger creep. Because it's a rapist. So, yeah, there was some... That was a very... I think that was one of my favorite directorial choices was the use of that song because it worked very, very, very well in that scene. I agree. And it was, and again, in keeping with the, the stylistic jarring choices, hearing that song, I was just like, what? Because it 
it's in English, mm-hmm. uh, and nothing else in this movie is in English. There, are, I think there's another uh, some something else uh, uh, is in English at some point in the movie, but it's just kind of weird to hear those things kind of snuck in there or blatantly in there, and it's yeah, it's pretty jarring, and a lot of the things are jarring in this movie. I think this movie is a pretty simple, like not simple, it's well told story, but it's the story itself isn't that complex. No, the it's... way it's told. Is the yes. complex name that it's told in kind of a slightly obscure way? There's the symbolism of the the blue paint, the yellow paint. Uh, maybe these things mean nothing, but I have a doubt that they mean nothing. I assume like there's so many things in this movie that the director chose for them to be in there, so it must have a meaning because these are points of the movie that we spend a lot of time on. The yellow paint is a pretty key thing. The blue paint is a pretty key thing. The the scenes of her toenails being painted, uh, the red blood near the end. Taxi man's father was killed by a truck. Uh, a truck kills fish boy later on. And a a, tr- a a guy getting hit by a truck sort of saves Taxi Man again when he's trying to smuggle the drugs out in the pig carcasses. Yes, which may be a dream because he wakes up the next day. Oh like no, a... but he's got the, that injury from like falling on the, the cart. Okay, yeah, you're right. So that that happened. Sure. This That's thing... what I thought too, but then I was like, no, no, he's got the bandage oh, on yeah, from where it he hurt himself. Definitely happened. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Well, he, I think he wakes up and says, Father, I dreamed of you last night. Yeah. Okay, but what happened wasn't a dream. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. So talking a bit about the director, this movie was directed by Tran An Hung, who was a Vietnamese, I guess, I mean, still is a figure in Vietnamese cinema. Yeah, but, but he's, he's a French, fi- he, he's grown up in, in France. He emigrated to France when he was 12, following the fall of Saigon in the Vietnam. No more. And he's made several movies. Uh, I think one actually is just about to come out in 2016. Hmm. Uh, Eternity, I think it's called. So, quite active. Uh, Cyclo uh, won the Golden Lion at Venice in 95. When he was 33, which makes him one of the youngest filmmakers to win that award. So, what would you say is your favorite part of Zeke Lowe? My favorite part of Zeke Lowe is... Um, that's tough. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to say The Creep scene. That was when things started to really click with me about this movie. I was very much on the fence with this movie because I was very bored through the first 45 minutes. Sure. But the last, like, hour and 15, I was on the edge of my seat. Uh, so yeah, so I think that's really where it, where it kicks in for me is the creep scene. I'd say the first little bit of the movie works. It lost me in the middle. I mean, I, I, I still like it, but uh, and that kind of came together again at the end once the plot lines kind of start resolving themselves. My favorite thing, I think, is the city of Ho Chi Minh City mm-hmm. as a playground for this story to take place. I love the way all the poverty is presented, the very real feeling scenes of urban poverty, of the people eat you know, washing their food, eating their food at these you know, there's people cooking in a in a, a like a basement kitchen and the food it's a tracking shot as it's being brought to the people in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. The lived in nature of the of the opening scenes, I mean throughout the whole movie but just the way that it's presented as authentic it it, it feels authentic i mean it must be at least partially constructed because all movies are constructed an example there's a part where uh poet pimp is he burns down his apartment and the fire trucks are rushing to uh, you know pour water on the apartment and there's a long wide shot of them pulling up in front of the building and there's about five thousand people in that city square and it looks like an apartment's on fire so i don't know if they just set a building on fire because that's what it looks like it looks great. All those scenes of the urban stuff Mm -hmm. feel very, 
very authentic. And that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. No, I'd agree with you on that. Much like Los Olvidados was a very real story about poverty in Mexico City, this is a very real story about poverty in Ho Chi Minh City. And what I mean by that is that not many of these elements of the story, the key elements of the story, seem outlandish. This is all believable. So yeah, that's what I, I really like, how authentic and believable that these stories actually are. And it feels very real, very lived in, as you said. I don't have a least favorite part of this movie, because my problems with this movie are because I don't understand it, so I can't, I, I don't feel that I have anything to criticize it. Not, not that I'm saying it's a perfect movie, I'm saying to, for me to understand it, I need to watch it again. Do you have any least favorite parts? or Just from a story structure standpoint, I wish the characters had names. That really would have helped me through this movie. Maybe that's my fault, but I would have. I would no, have I liked... agree. I, I could see that because that would. I don't like calling him Fish Boy, but that's the closest thing we've got. Like one of the people calls, calls him Fish Boy. His mother calls him Fish Boy. Yeah. She says you're my darling little Fish Boy, or something to that effect. Yeah. So that's how it sticks in my head. He was Fish Boy for the entire movie. Uh, and then there's like Broken Tooth Guy, and then there's Boss Lady, Pimp Poet, Older Sister. I would have liked some some names. Oh, there's like Bearded Smoker Guy. Bearded Smoker Guy, who gets taken out by Taxi Man with the trustiest of all oh, yeah. improvised weapons. A, a nail. A board with a nail a in board it. And, a nail. and you gotta give props to Taxi Man, because he didn't use the pointy end of the nail. No. He used the blunt end of the nail. Yep, right in the guy's eyeball. He it's caused implied. some serious fucking damage. Yeah. Uh, least favorite part, maybe some of the transitions were exceptionally jarring. I still kind of like it, but uncomfortable. Yeah. A lot of things in this movie are uncomfortable. But, you know, watching a movie isn't always supposed to be comfortable. So, there you go. Would you recommend this movie? Should you see it before you die? Yes. And I think, even though I am still not 100% on a... I don't have a full critique of this movie yet, I think it's important to see this movie because of what I said earlier about this is a Vietnamese story and not a story about the Vietnam War. I think it's important to know other countries through the stories that they tell and not to just view a country because I'm sure the vast majority of our listeners, a lot of what you know about Vietnam comes from watching Apocalypse Now, Platoon, etc. So I, th I, I think that that's important to challenge other people's presumptions of what your country is about or what your culture is about. And so that that's why I think you need to see it because it's just going to make you a better person. I'd pretty much follow along with that. I think you should see this before you die. I definitely want to watch it again before I die. It's a superbly constructed story. Everything feels authentic, but it's a movie, and movies are constructed works of art. So there's scenes in, a, in, a, in an apartment, and every little piece was put there by someone working on this movie. And it feels authentic, and the story is great, and I kind of forgot I was watching a movie at certain points. Mm -hmm. Some of the stuff in it is like a little bit jarring and really kind of weird, but I like it. I've seen a lot of movies that are way worse than this in English that I can't relate to. So go watch. I, yeah, go watch this. This one. is this is it's it's a very unique story. For I think the story alone and the unique way it's told is reason enough to watch it. But be prepared for an engaging film because I started watching this film before I went to bed, and that was a <laughs> bad idea. You need to, yeah. like, this is... You need to have, like, a cup of coffee before you watch this film. Like, you need to be prepared to be to engage with it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the keyest thing that we need to take away from it. This isn't uh, like, oh, I'm going to throw on Dodgeball and watch Dodgeball. Like, this no, is... Or, and, or even to throw back to last week, this isn't like Throne of Blood, where you can just be like, yeah, I know this story. I, I know Macbeth, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This has still got fun parts to it, but you need to be engaged with it and want to watch it. I agree with that, and I recommend it. So, there we go. There Another, go. we agree again. So, we got to figure out, I mean, the random number generator is going to pick our next movie. Hopefully, it's something we can argue about, because we've been agreeing 
a lot recently, so we should really... I still think we've had some rich discussions on it, though. Oh, for sure. But I want some acrimonious uh, oh, yelling I agree. is I what agree. I prefer. I agree. So we're going to use a random number generator to pick a, another movie from... The fifth edition of 1001 Movies to See Before You Die. And then we're going to talk about that movie. Al, let's fire it up. Okay, so the next movie we're going to watch is movie number 256. That is from 1953, From Here to Eternity. I have never heard of this. It's a fairly famous one. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Before we go, Eric, do you have any rapid-fire recommendations for any films you've seen recently? I would highly recommend O.J. Made in America, which I know that's a documentary. It's eight hours long. It's five hour and a half parts. Tremendous. It's it's a really great documentary. I highly recommend it because it's, it's a about sports, but it's also about the history of black people from the 40s-ish kind of up till you sports know. And, and ties into segregation and African American identity. I yeah, think. and yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's really it's, good. it's it's really good. And it ties those two storylines together of OJ and the you know it's it's really good. I recommend that. I recommend, and hopefully we might talk about this one day on the show. But I recommend the documentary on Netflix, The Final Member. Okay, it's about a guy in Iceland who started a penis museum. Okay, and he's trying to collect all the world's mammalian penises. And okay. he's got them all, except for one species. What species is that, Al? Homo sapien. Oh. So he's looking for a, 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 a dick. He's looking for a dick. Yeah. And to put in his museum. Yeah. Does he... F- um, he's got two willing volunteers. One who will agree to donate his penis after he dies. Okay. That's an Icelandic dude who's uh, quite old. He's sort of a, a famous Icelandic adventurer, and he'll be like, yes, I will leave my epic manhood to the museum. Okay. And then the other guy is an American, and he is batshit nuts. Okay, so uh, I guess no spoilers. No, that's that's all you need to know. Okay. And it's, and it's more of a warning to let you know about the American. Okay, all right. Well, uh, yeah, so I guess the last member. The final member. The final member. Yeah, it's terrifyingly good. So I'm Eric Marcinkowski. This has been A Brief History of Cinema. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash podcast, facebook.com slash briefhistoryofcinema, soundcloud.com slash briefhistoryofcinema. And as always, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever else that you get your podcast, just so you can help promote the show and help us get more listeners. And let us know what you think of uh, Zeklo or Cyclo if you've seen it, or the last member if you've seen it. Final member. Final member. This has been A Brief History of Cinema. My name's Alistair Rathbone. I'm Eric Marcinkowski. We'll see you next week. 